All right, I will say good morning, good morning, Chodesh. Let us, let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning's shir. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors, we'll still get in the, uh, the Tishrei and the, and the Cheshvan ones. Our Tishrei, Talmud Torah sponsors, Shari and Sarah Walaski for dedicating all the Shurman Drushos this month in the Schusser of Fushlima for their grandson, Zachariah Dov, Ben Peril Shira. Shani and Avram Kelman, in memory of their beloved parents in the Schuss of all those who need a Rafur Shalima. Dr. Linda Weinberg, in loving memory of her husband of 53 years, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Paris Moshe Ben David. Leah Sol as a Schuss for Rafur Shalima for her daughter, Ilana Bas Esther. Our week of learning sponsors, Joel Hasner in. Thanks and gratitude to this holy soldiers of the IDF. And they should be Zochem Hashem to be successful in all of their endeavors. Our day of learning sponsors, Rabiel Amirian in memory of Dr. Naid, Neely Esther Basmalik on the occasion of her yard, of her yard site today. Our Dafyomi sponsors, have listened to the sponsorship. David Amalki Kramer in memory of Mikhail Misha Kaniev, who was the sole survivor from his family at the Babiyar massacre. He always lived his life as a proud Jew and loved living within the Baltimore Jewish community during his last decade of life. Incredible. And the Shav and Aliyah, Meretz Hashem and his family in Chama. We also thank Jeremy Lassen and Zevi Daniel for dedicating the shir today in honor of Yoni Frager's 40th birthday. Mazel tov, mazel tov. There's a gift table set up in back. <laughs> Yoni, Mazel tov. First of all, I don't know if you know if we ever gave Yoni an official welcome to the Shir. That's, that's the first thing. So it's such a schos varch Hashem to have Yoni with us every single morning. Yoni, Mirat Hashem, it should be a beautiful year filled with Mazel, with growth, with Simcha, Aliyah, Ad Me'avarsim Shanim Tovos. Mazel tov, Mazel tov. It's good, it's good to have friends who embarrass you with things like this. Baruch Hashem. All right, I will say with that, let us, let us begin. And of course, it goes without saying, it doesn't go as we have to say it, that we dedicate our learning in the schos of our holy soldiers of the IDF who are mamish, fighting not just for Eretz Yisrael, but fighting, fighting for all of Klal Yisrael, wherever they may be. Kaddish Baruch Hu them to be successful in their missions. Kaddish Baruch Hu allow them to come back to their families safely. We dedicate on the schos of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. Kaddish Baruch we should just give them the strength the fortitude, the hope, and the optimism to weather this difficult chapter in Halavai, we should be Hashem, that our army, with the assistance of the Ribbono Shalom, should be successful in all of its endeavors of crushing evil and Halavai usher in for our people a period of Shalom. Amen. Amen. With that, let us begin. Today's daf is Samech Gimel 63. We have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. So we're, we are picking up on the bottom of Samech Beis Amad Beis. Amar Abaye. Both say four lines up from the bottom. Amar Abaye. Rabbi, Le- Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir, Kulus Yerlu, Adam Makne Dabar Shalom Bali Olam. So remember again, this was yesterday's sugya about the ability to, literally Makne means to convey ownership of, but it really means to affect transactional realities. What can, can you affect the transactional reality with something that is not yet in existence? And I will say, if you remember again also, even when it comes to what we call the Dabar Shalom Bali Olam, something that's not in existence, there are varying degrees of that, right? There are certain things that may exist in some form, but not in their full form. And then there are other things that don't exist at all. But the point the Gemara is making over here is that he says that all of these Rabbanim, Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir, all of them hold that a person could affect transactional realities with something that has not yet come into the world. 
a davar shlabah liolam. So Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov had davar. So what's Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov? We had in yesterday's daf. That was the truma case. That was the truma case. That was the ability to go ahead and affect truma realities, even with crops that had not yet reached the particular threshold of truma itself. Fine. So the Gemara says, "Zaf Rebbe, what does Rebbe say?" The Sanya Tav of Samech Gimel. It was actually a fascinating Gemara. Lo Saskir Eved El Adonov. That will say. Now the truth is, the Pashup shot of this of this pasuk. If you look at Rashi, Lo Saskir Azhar LeBeizdin Shelo Yaskiru LeBalov LeShtabidbo. So we'll say. So this is the interesting halacha that ultimately, again, if an Eved runs away, so the Beizdin is not supposed to return him to his master. Now it's a bit more complicated than that, but that's the basic pasuk. So Rebbe says, no, no, no. What's the case? But Rebbe Omer, but Alkeach Eved Amunas LeShachrero Hakosov Medaber. Pasuk is actually talking about someone who purchases an Eved on the condition to emancipate him. So I purchased the Eved with the condition to emancipate him. So then essentially what the Torah is saying is, don't renege on the condition. You have to emancipate him. So Mar says, hey, Chidami, what exactly is that case? Look at Rashi just a moment. Actually, no, let's go right there. So, hey, Chidami, what's the case? Amr Kigon, the Kosovle. Suppose here's the example. The master is purchasing the Eved and he says, he writes, the moment I purchase you, you are retroactively acquired to yourself from this moment. So I'll say, so that's the case over here. So what, what, why are we bringing this down over here? Because if you think about it, this is, this is affecting transactional reality with the Dover Shalab the Olam. So you say, what, what's happening over here? The master, the master is making an agreement with the Eved that when he purchases him, he will ultimately, again, be emancipated retroactively. Now, I will say, when they're making that transaction, does the master own the Eved? No. So essentially, what he's doing is he's transacting with something that doesn't yet exist. So that's called Maknet Dabar Shalom Ali Olam. So therefore, this is the case of Rebbe. So therefore, you see from here, the Rebbe holds that you can Maknet with Dabar Shalom Ali Olam. Next, Rebbe Meir. What's Rebbe Meir's case? It's not able to say a very interesting case. Omer Isha, we have this. Hariat Nikudashasli, Laachashes Gayer, Laachashes Gayri. Right, the man says to him, and Ruben says to Rachel, right, let, let's say again, Ruben's not Jewish. I will call him Ruben. Right, 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 so, right. So, so Ruben is not yet Ruben. So what happens? He says to Rachel, you know, I'm in the process of my conversion. When I go ahead and I convert, ultimately again, you're Mikudashas to me, or vice versa, right? Rachel is still Rachel. Right, so he says, when you become when you become a gioras, ultimately again I'll be makadishu laacher sheshtachar laacher sheshtachari, or one of them is an evet kinani, one of them is an evet kinani. So he says, when I become emancipated, I want to marry you. When you become emancipated, I want you to marry me. Right, the gemara says laacher shemus baalech laacher shetamos achosech. So I'll say, so again, interesting cases over here, right? So Ruben says to Rachel, at this point, Rachel's married to someone else. So right, Ruben says to Rachel, when your husband dies, I want you to become the Kudashas to me. Or Ruben's married to Rachel's sister. And he says, when your sister dies, I want you to become the Kudashas to me. Or Rachel is Yevama. Right, Rachel's waiting for She's waiting for Yibam. So, so Ruben says, after your brother-in-law does chalitza with you, I want you to become mikudashas to me. Ain't a mikudashas. So what says the Mishnah Paskin? None of these cases work. However, Rebbe Omer mikudashas. Rebbe says it works. Now, both say, why does Rebbe say it works? Why? Because Rebbe holds that you could be makne 
Adavar Shalo Bali Olam. That you could affect transactional reality with something that does not yet exist. So just to plug this in, let's take, without, without taking the case of your husband dying or, or, or your sister dying, which are, right, a, a bit more interesting. Just a simple case, right? Reuben's not Jewish. Reuben, right? Reuben is not Jewish. So Reuben says to Rachel, after I convert, I want, I, I want to be Mekadesh, right? So what's happening over here? He wants to create Kiddushin, a mechanism of Kiddushin, which will be Chal at a later time. But the problem is right now, he's incapable of affecting that Kiddushin. So he wants to say, he wants to say, I want to be Mekadesh, I want to create a, rea- I want to create a halachic mechanism now, so that when I convert, we are married. So Rabbi says, it works. Rabbi Nabosai, now obviously when he says it works, when does it work? When does it work? When the conversion happens, right? But the point of Bosai is that when Ruvain converts, he does not need to do another act of Kiddushin. That's the whole chab. In other words, the Kiddushin ultimately, the mechanism that he put into place while he was still a non-Jew, essentially it's a delayed chalos. That's really what it is, just to be clear. You know, obviously the Kiddushin that Rubin gives Rachel is not going to work because he's not Jewish. But the idea is, it's a delayed, it's almost like a, it's, it's a delayed reaction. Right? So he'll give, her, he'll give her the case of Kiddushin now, and ultimately, again, it will, it will take effect later on. That's what it means. I will say, obviously, we don't pass in this way by the cases of Kiddushin. But we pass in that, again, Kiddushin has to have the reality or the ability to be chal now. So someone who's not Jewish, even if he's in the process of conversion, could not put into place a Kiddushin that would take effect at a later date. No different than any of these other cases. Right? A woman's married to another man. When your husband dies, when your husband dies, right, to become a Kudesh to me. Right? Ruben's married to Rachel's sister. When your sister dies, I can't do that. You can't do that. But again, but Rebbe's saying you can. Rebbe's saying you can. What does that show you? That Rebbe holds that you could be makne adavar shalo ba li olam. Good, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, actually there's more people in this, in this mix over here. Shemir says, Mikudesh, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, Omer, in Mikudeshes. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, it doesn't work. Rabbi Huda Nasi, Omer, Mikudeshes. Umatam Omru, Eno, Mikudeshes. So Rabbi says, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda Nasi says, Mikudeshes. So Rabbi says, this. And Rabbi Huda Nasi says, but yet, in practice, in practice, we don't allow a condition like this. So Rabbi says, so I just want to point out what's happening over here. You have machlokas. You have machlokas. Right? Rubin says to Rachel, Hari'at Mikudesh Asli L'chishe Esgayer. When I convert, I want you to become Mikudesh to me. So essentially you have machlokas over here. Rebbe says it works because Adam Makne Davar Shalom Bali Olam. Everyone else says it doesn't work. Rebbe Huda, Rebbe Huda Nasi has an interesting position. Rebbe Huda Nasi says it works, but we don't do it. But we don't do it. Why don't we do it? Mishum Eva. Because Rebbe say it could cause animosity. Right? Which case is he referring to over here? Right? right? What could cause animosity? Become Mikudashis to me when your husband dies. Right? Or become a good, I'll become a good actually when your sister dies. So what's the cause? Right? You think? You think, right? right? Yeah, it, it might cause a bit, a tad of animosity. Right? So therefore, again, interesting Rabbi Huda kind of has like a hybrid position where essentially he says, Rabbi, I agree with you that Adam Makne Davar Shalabali Olam, a person could affect transactional realities with things that do not yet exist, but Lamaisa, don't do it. 
because it creates an unhealthy dynamic in your current reality. I the Gemara says, well, one second. So one second. Remember, how do we get into this? Abaye was going through the list of Rabbanim who hold Adam Maknet Davar Olam. That a person could affect a transactional reality with something that does not yet exist. So who did he quote? Who's in this list? Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. That was a Truma case. Rebbe, that's what we just quoted over here, ultimately again, by, by an Eved, by an Eved, and, and Rebbe May, uh, we didn't get to Rebbe Mayer yet, and Rebbe again, right? So what, what, do we, oh, Rebbe Mayer, I'm sorry, Rebbe Mayer is this case over here, of, of Darvish Shalom Olam, but why don't we include Rabbi Hudanasi in that list? Because Rabbi Hudanasi also said that Allah says she's Mikudeshas in this case, which is a Darvish Shalom Olam, to which the Gemara says, Hainu Rebbe, Hainu Rebbe Hudanasi. Rebbe is, Rebbe, Rebbe is also sometimes Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe is Rebbe Hudanasi. So therefore, again, he's already quoted. Fine. V'nach Shadam Rebbe Akiva. We should also include Rebbe Akiva. What's the case of Rebbe Akiva? Desanya Konam Shani Osalapicha. So it's an interesting case. So we know, we know that Halacha Lamaisa, since a husband is obligated to go ahead and support his wife, so he is entitled to her Maisei Adayim. He's entitled to her earnings. That's her earnings. So let's say a woman makes a nether, right, the konam nether, and she says, konam sha'ani osel picha. Right, konam, konam means that which I create with my hands is prohibited to you. So essentially what she does is, she prohibits her husband from deriving any benefit from her earnings. Look at Rashi. Konam is the first short line. Konam sha'ani osel picha. So we'll say, so that's what a woman literally says. She's saying, my earnings, what, what I earn with my hands, ultimately again should be ushered to you like Hagdish. So what's that? Ultimately again, the husband doesn't have to annul the vow. So we'll say, why doesn't he have to annul it? Because remember again, essentially, she can't make a vow prohibiting to him something that he is halachically entitled to. So therefore the vow, the vow is irrelevant. Therefore, because the vow is irrelevant, there's no need for any type of annulment process. Rabbi Giva, Rabbi Kiva says, Yafer, Rabbi Akiva says, no, he should annul it. Why? Shematadif alav yesher min haroi. Very interesting, I will say. We saw this before, we've seen this before, this concept before. The halach there is a certain amount of earnings that a husband is entitled to. And then there's what's called ha'adafa. Hadafa means if she earns more then technically speaking, the amount that is needed towards her support, that goes to her. That goes to her. Rabbi Akiva says something very interesting. Rabbi Akiva says he shouldn't know the vow because even though the vow doesn't have an impact regarding her, what we'll call her normal, normal earnings, but additional earnings, technically speaking, she would get to keep. The vow would then devolve upon, upon those additional earnings and preclude the husband from getting any benefit from it. And I will say, now, that, those extra earnings, do they exist? Do they exist? No, they don't exist. You know what we call that? Adavr Shalom Ali Olam. And yet Rabbi Akiva saying, husband, you should really annul the vow, not for the primary earnings, but for potential additional earnings that don't yet exist. So you see from here that Rabbi Akiva holds that a person could go out and affect transactional reality with something that does not yet exist. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, Sigmar says, that's actually not a good raya. Why? Because remember again, Rav Yeshua said, what's the case over here? I will say, the case is where she's saying she's being Makadesh, her hands. Right? So I will say, she's not ultimately, again, being Makadesh earnings. 
which could be a davar shalab ali olam. Rather, what is she being makdish? She's being makdish her hands. So we'll say hands are a davar shabali. What she's saying is anything these hands produce ultimately again should be hektish. So that's not a case of davar shalab ali olam. Hands exist, and therefore we'll say it's not a raya. So the Gemara seems to say you can't necessarily include Rabbi Akiva ultimately in that case. So we'll say. So bottom line, what we begin to see is that there is a fundamental achlokas about what level of transactional reality one could affect when it comes to a davar shalom, something that does not yet exist. So, we'll say, so first of all, I just want to point out, there's not like a halacha lemaisa. When it comes to davar shalom, the ability to affect transactional realities with something that does not yet exist, there's not like one halacha that says, yes, you can do it, or no, you can't do it. It is very much a case-specific Halacha. And again, every case is going to have its own nuances. Every area of halacha has its own nuances. What I will say is, for Kiddushin, it doesn't work. Right? For Kiddushin, you cannot affect Kiddushin with a davar shalabaliyom. Therefore, again, Rubin says to Rachel, when I become Jewish, right, you will become, you will become Mikudashas, it doesn't work. Ruven says to Rachel, you know, when your husband dies, it shouldn't be too soon, but it shouldn't be too long, right? Right? It should, right? Then, then ultimately, again, becoming Kudashas doesn't work. So for Kiddushin, you can't affect Kiddushin with a Dabr Shabbat. I'll say, I'd also say like on a Hashkafic level, I was thinking about this a little bit last night. It, it was late, honestly, when this, I, I don't know that I have it like fully, fully thought out, but I was thinking about this idea that what's the Machlokas? So I'll say, the Machlokas is almost like how much impact does a person have on the things that don't yet exist versus things that do exist? And as they're both saying, the, the, uh, people spend a lot of their lives wondering about the what-ifs, right? The what-ifs. Well, what if this? And, and what if that? And I, I'd love to embark upon this particular, you know, you see this all the time, person wants to do something. So what, what oh, it's so funny. Person wants, a person has an idea an area of growth they want to do. I want to take this on, I want to take that on. And then what often, how do they dissuade themselves from doing it? How do they dissuade, right? What's always the line people say? I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know if it's sustainable, right? I'd love to take this on, but I don't know if I could commit. I don't know if it's sustainable. So let's say, so it's so interesting that so often in life, we go ahead and we dissuade ourselves from growth because of a davar shalom bali olam, right? There's like some future thing that may or may not occur. So suddenly again, I can't take any action because of, because of what will be. What will be? I would say so many, how many times in life, again, instead of just saying, you know what, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in, I'm gonna do it. Is it sustainable? I would say, you know what the most important thing to always realize is? Life is not necessarily sustainable. Right? In other words, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'd like to think that I have life tomorrow. I like to think, it's like, I don't know if I could sustain just my very life until tomorrow. Forget about anything else that you're involved in. So of course, again, at the end of the day, we never know what is sustainable. So that's why in life, never make your decisions based on the things shalom ba'ula olam. That may or may not occur. But rather make your decisions on the dvarm shalom ba'ulam. Right now I'm here. Right now I'm here. Right now I'm here. And I'll mention this because this is going around in my, in my head a little bit. You know, um, they're launching a new initiative called Ahmad Yomi. Ahmad Yomi, Kishmo Kainhum. One Ahmad a day. One Ahmad a day. It starts actually tomorrow. It starts tomorrow. Just mentioning it. It starts tomorrow. It's starting in the Sechus Brachas. 
Uh, so, so like, you know, it's, so you think about this, oh my gosh, another Omer, another Omer a day, so I'm going to be doing a blot and a half a day of Shas. You know, what, what's going to be, how, how is this possibly sustainable? So I'll say, the sustainability of things, that, those are Dvarim Shalom Ba'ul Olam. What's going to happen, what's not going to happen, I don't know what's, gonna, what's not going to happen. So I, thought, I was thinking, like, you know, the clock's getting earlier, maybe we do a late Mariv, a late Mariv, you know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes for an Amr Yomishir, you know, just to get in one Amr a day, you know, that, that's, again, I don't know, I'm still thinking, you know, but, but it's, just, it's just interesting how, like, this Machlokis over here, can you, should you shape realities with Dvarim, with a Dvar Shalom Bali Olam? Should you shape your reality by things that may or may not occur? Or should you shape reality with what is? That's the Machlokis. Now, of course, you can't ignore what may or may not occur, right? You can't live in a vacuum just making your decisions based on the here and now. But at the same time, you can't allow unscripted realities to shape how you live your present. Sometimes you just gotta jump in. You just gotta do. You just have to accomplish. Sustainable, not sustainable. Conversion, someone's gonna die. This, all, this, all, all these other variables... They'll deal with it as they come. I think hashkafically, I think hashkafically, the way we paskin is ein adam makne davar shalobali olam. Hashkafically, we can't live lives based on what will or won't be. We have to craft our realities based on what is. And if something seems beautiful, if something seems great, jump in, grab it, maximize it. Take advantage of it. I can I sustain it? You can't sustain anything. You can't sustain anything. So eliminate the illusion of sustainability in general. Once you eliminate that illusion, then suddenly the ability to grab all of life's opportunities becomes so much more realizable. So halach halach it's a machlokas. Do not become paralyzed by the what-ifs of life. Maximize your reality based on what is. Says the Mishnah. Interesting case here, Bosad. A man says to a woman, Become a Kudeshas to me on the condition that I speak on your behalf to the government. So I'm say, see here, what he's saying over here is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak to the government, whatever. She has, I don't know, a parking ticket, if they say, I don't know, whatever. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it for you, right? I'm going yeah, to speak to the IRS on your behalf. Whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to speak to the government. Obviously, I'll say, what, what he's providing for her is some type of favor, right? That, that's what's unfolding over here. There's some type of favor. So I'm just me on the condition I provide you this favor. That's or, that's same chaki poel. Or, become a Kudashi on the condition, I'll work for you for a day like a laborer. Like a laborer. Right? So I will say, so again, little did he realize that that's what happens, right? In the man of shop. Right? So I'll say, so again, he, he thinks he's there, look, look at me, look at me, I'm doing this. Little did he realize, little did he realize, that's marriage, right? So again, Salamaisa, so, Salamaisa, so he says, well, say, so in both of these cases, what he's doing over here is he's providing a service. He's providing a service, and the service has a value. So what's the If he speaks on her behalf to the government, or or he works for her, like a laborer, so as well say, pretty straightforward, Mishnah, if he fulfills the Tanai, then she's Mikudeshes, 
And if she does, he doesn't fulfill the tonight. In Mikudeshes, she's not Mikudeshes. Fine, that's it. Now, we'll say, here's the wrinkle. This is fascinating. Amr Yishlakish. We'll say, this is where it gets fascinating. Yishlakish says, Vuhu shenasan pruta. Wow. Reish Lagish says, we'll say, what's the case of the Mishnah? The case of the Mishnah is where he gave her a pruta. So what he's saying to her is he's giving her an item of value, right? And he says, But he's adding on a condition. So in other words, he's giving her a pruta and adding on a condition. So the Gemara says, really? That's not really how the Mishnah reads, right? The Mishnah would seem to read that what he's being mekadish, or what we'll say is with, is with what? Is the value of the service being offered. But we learn, we'll say, here's the problem, the Gemara says. Zen Shabbos said, the problem is, let's read the So listen to this. Let's say Ruvain provided Rachel with transportation. Right? He provided her with donkey transportation, carriage transportation, boat transportation. After the transportation has been provided, he says to her, become Mikudeshes to me with the value of the service I gave you. So what's the halacha? In a Mikudeshes. Why not? Why not? Because the service has already been offered. She owes him money. Essentially, if he goes ahead and is Mikadeshur with that service, then he's effectively being Mikadeshur with what? Ahava, alone. And we've already seen, you can't go ahead and be Mikadeshur with Ahava. However, we'll say first wide line, watch this. If, however, he has not yet provided the service, he says, I will provide you transportation on the donkey, on the carriage, right, on the boat. So will say, then that works. And he says, become Mikudashis with the value of the service to be offered. That works. That works. So will say, what do you see from here? You see from here that you can be Mikudash a woman with the future value of a service to be offered. If that's the case, though, when the Mishnah says, become a Kudashas to me, on the condition I speak to the government on your behalf, or I work for you as a laborer, so that, that value should be enough to affect Kiddushin. So why does Reish Lakish have to set it up as a case where he also gave her a pruta? To which someone said, Maybe you say, no, maybe in the previous cases, he also gave her a pruta. That's not true. It's not true. Look at the Brisa. The Brisa says, what's affecting Kiddushin? How is he affecting Kiddushin? With the schar, with the value of the service itself. And furthermore, we learned, listen to this. Shave imi bitzav, Right? Rachel says to Ruvain, be my companion. In other words, literally sit with me, sit with me, spend time with me. And the value that I would have had to pay someone, right? To escort me to wherever, right? I'll become, I agree to become the Kudeshes to you with that value. Schok lefanai, make me laugh. Make me laugh. Right? And the value that I would have paid someone to make me laugh, I'll become a Kaddish to you. Dance in front of me. Right? Entertain me. Right? And Asa Kedimos, or build something for me. So the Gemara says, Shaman, we evaluate it. If the value of the service provided is worth a pruta, then ultimately again she's mikudeshes zimlav. Ain't mikudeshes. So I will say once again, what do you see from here? You see from here that you can affect kiddushin through the value. And I will say now the, the one chap is you can only affect kiddushin from the value of a service to be provided, right? Not already provided because any service already provided, the the the, the amount of money owed for that has the status of a loan, a halva, and as we've seen already, with a halva, with a loan. But again, for a service to be provided, as long as that service is at least worth a pruta, halacha it works. 
To which the Gemara says, I maybe will say like Reish Lakish, maybe all of these cases, he's still giving her a pruta. No. It's not true. The Bryce explicitly says that we evaluate the service. We evaluate the service. To which the Gemara says, you're right, so we've effectively refuted Reish Lakish, and therefore in these cases, Rabosai, there is no pruta that's being given. How is Kiddushin being affected? How is Kiddushin being affected? With the value of the service. So as long as the service to be provided has at least the value of a pruta, Tanalochalamaisa Kiddushin is effective. Amarava, so Gemara says as follows Amarava, did I skip? Oh, I'm sorry. Uma. Good. So the two finish. Amalacharish Lakish, Hai Tana Bera, Savar Enolis Sirus El Basof. So we'll say Reish Lakish reconciles like this. Reish Lakish says, Machlok in the Tana of the Bryce, the Tana of the Mishnah. But remember, we had this, we had this, um, this Machlokas, we had this Machlokas, the first days of Sukkis, the first day of Sukkis, on Shabbos of Sukkis, which was, I will say, this was the Machlokas. In general, when somebody works for you, Right? How do we view, how do we view the wages of a laborer? So there's a machlokas that says like this. means that the wages of a laborer are only earned at the end of the service. They don't accrue over the duration of the service. They only are earned at the end of the service. Versus means a laborer owns his wages at different <coughs> stages of the service provided. So what's it? It's actually, by the way, it's a major nafkamina in halacha, major nafkamina halacha, which was, I, I remember when we first moved to Baltimore, our first, our, first, our first house, we lived on Wallace, we had someone doing siding for us. It's incredible, my Sashaya, siding. And in the middle of the job, God stopped. <laughs> he just stopped. He didn't show up one day, okay. He didn't show up two days. Like, then he said, stop. Someone was like, what's going on? I was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm not doing it anymore. He's like, but you owe me for the job. And I was like, I agree, I'm not finishing the job. But, you know, I did whatever it was. Like, like to, you know, 50% of the job, you're paying for the job. So I was like, so interestingly, this is the machlokis and halacha. Do you have to pay someone for 50% of a job? What's the machlokis? Yeshna l'schiras mitchile v'atsof. Ve'ena l'schiras mitchile v'atsof. So ultimately, again, so we'll say, so that's the shayla. Does a laborer, do we say that when someone performs a, uh, performs a job, really the jo- he only gets paid at the end of the job when the job is complete. There's no accrual of wages along the way. Or maybe, no, there isn't accrual of wages along the way. And I will say, for our purposes, what's the nafkamina? The nafkamina, I will say, is that if there's an accrual of wages, that essentially means I owe, I owe the worker wages at different points in time, and ultimately, again, there's a chov, there's a loan that's there. So the problem is, if you hold then you can't be mekadish a woman, can't be mekadish a woman with, with, a, with a service. Why? Because as the service is being performed, the wages are being accrued, and ultimately, again, now it has the form of a loan. So that ultimately, again, when you're Makadesh with the service, it's loan forgiveness. If, on the other hand, you only hold there's no accrual of wages, then again, there's no loan forgiveness. And therefore, you can be Makadesh a woman ultimately again. 
can be Mekadesh a woman ultimately again with a service provided. So Shlokish posits, actually very interesting Machlokas, so Shlokish posits that the author of the Brisa holds there's no wage accrual and therefore again you can be Mekadesh a woman with a service offered. The Tana of our Mishnah holds there is wage accrual, so therefore you can't be Mekadesh a woman with a service. That's why Reish Lakish says the case of the Mishnah has to be where what? You gave her a pruta and you added on the service as a tnai. As a tnai. To which the Gemara says, okay, the Gemara says, uh, Reish Lakish, I don't understand, why do you feel compelled to set up the Mishnah that way? Like, it seems like such a stretch to set up the Mishnah that way. To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Why do you set up our Mishnah's, the time of our Mishnah saying that there is wage accrual for services offered and therefore again it must be a case of where he gave her a prut as well. Because Reish Lakish had difficulty with the way the Mishnah read. How does it read? My area, the Tani Almenas, Misni Bischar. So I'll say, this is actually an interesting idea. Rish Lakish says, if the Mishnah was just talking about, if the, if, let me say it differently. The Mishnah says, Right? The Mishnah is, become Mishnah on the condition on the condition that I speak to the government on your behalf, or on the condition that I work for you as a laborer. Why does it say on condition? Why does it, it should say what? Bishar, for the value, for the value. Reish Lakish says the fact that it says Al-Minas must be that what? He gave her a pruta, gave her a pruta, and he said the pruta that I gave you should be effective on the condition that I provide this service. Which indicates that the Tana of our Mishnah holds that Yeshna Leschiros Metchilavatsov, there's wage accrual, and because there's wage accrual, you cannot be Mekhadish a woman with a service. So therefore, again, it must be that he gave her a pruta, and he said that's the, that's the key, that's the mechanism for Kiddushin, but that's only effective on the condition that I provide that service. Very interesting. So I will say that Machlokes, that Machlokes, we hold, by the way, that's really how we hold. We hold that there is wage accrual. And therefore, when people do quit mid-service, there is grounds. There is grounds to say that they are entitled for compensation for the work that is done. Now, that compensation has to be viewed in the greater context of getting the rest of the job done. But again, but, but, but just in, in, in the kind of like in the abstract, we pass that there is wage accrual for services rendered. Good. So we'll say let's go right to Mishnah. So we'll say another interesting case on the condition that Reuben goes over to Rachel and he says, on the condition, on the condition that my father is happy with this. So what's, so if the father is, right, Ratsa, if he wants it, we'll see what that means. But if not, she's not So we'll say, this is a major red flag. Just again, this is, you know, cut the umbilical cord, right? So this is, a, right, if my father wants it, fine, if my father doesn't want it, it's not good. All right, so Gemara says, Mesa'av, what happens if the father dies? So Moses says, right, 
Reuven says this to Rachel. Reuven says this to Rachel. And before, I guess, the father waited. One way or the other, the father died. Arezu Mikudashas. Ultimately, again, she's Mikudashas. She's Mikudashas. Mesaben. Now, I and I watch this. So Reuven says to Rachel, become Mikudashas in the condition my father, my father wants this marriage. So again, if, so, so case number one is if the father wants it, she's Mikudashas. Father doesn't want it, she's not Mikudashas. Case two, father died, Mikudashas. Case three, Ruvain died. Ruvain died. Shabbat says, see now, what's the issue? If the father consents, then it turns out the Kiddushan is retroactively good, which means now that Rachel will be subject to Yibum. What do we do in this case? The Gemara's Mishnah says, we, we kind of coach the father to say, you don't want it. Right? Why? Coach the father to say, I never want, I didn't want this marriage. This way, again, by doing that, I will say what happens, there was never a Kiddushin. If there was never a Kiddushin, then she is not a Shomeres Yabam. Incredible. Says the Gemara, my Amanashi Yerza Abba. I will say, what does it mean when we say on the condition that the father wants it? In other words, how, did, how, how does that Ratsa manifest itself? in If it means that ultimately the father literally has to say, I consent to this marriage, Here's the problem. Even says, well, look at the middle case of the Mishnah. What's the If the father dies, what's the middle case number two in the Mishnah? Father dies. What did the Mishnah say? What's the halacha in that case? What's the halacha in that case? Mikudeshes. But one second. lo amar in. How could how could they, how could she be mikudeshes? The father never said yes. I want it. Ella. What's the other base? Ella. Almanas sheyishdok abba. Oh. Well, we'll say, what, what, what's Amanas means? What, what does it mean? What does it mean, Ratzah? Ratzah means, as long as my father doesn't object. Right? means, as long as my father doesn't object to this marriage. Here's the problem. Ema Sefer, we'll say, look at the last case of the Mishnah, Meis Habein, that's the case where Ruben dies. Melamdin Esa'av Lomar She'ino Rotza. We teach the father to say, I don't want this marriage. Sa'amai, why does he have to say anything? Vahashasek. Right? Ultimately, again, as long as he's silent. Rather, I'll say, what's the, what's the case over here? He says to her, we're married on the condition that my father doesn't object. Shabbos, here's the problem. So as it turns out that at the end of the day, the first case of the Mishnah is working on one premise, and cases two and three of the Mishnah are working on a separate premise. On Rabbi Yanai, in what you see from here is as follows. We would rather maintain consistent authorship of a Mishnah, right? Then go, right? And even if we have to switch the criteria for the different cases, then go ahead and switch authorship of the Mishnah. Have multiple authors of the Mishnah and maintain the same line of reasoning. So I'll say, it's actually a fascinating principle. We would rather have to alternate reasoning between different cases in the Mishnah, but keep authorship the same, than have multiple authors and maintain same reasoning. So the Gemara says, Rabbi That's not true. In reality, there's one logic here. We'll say, what's, what's, what's the one reason? Umay amanashi yirtsa'aba, so this is very interesting. So it comes along, comes along Rabbi Yosef Barami, he says as follows. 
He says essentially the logic is like this. Ruven says Tzedakah become Kudashas to me on the condition that my father, that my father does not object within 30 days. Doesn't object, I'm sorry, Papa, I'm sorry, Papa, I'm over here. Hey, hey, do, 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 doesn't object within, within 30 days. So I will say, so, what, so now watch this. This works for all of the cases, right? So in case number one, case number one, ultimately again, everybody's alive, Baruch Hashem. So what's that, huh? If father doesn't object within 30 days, then what? Then what? Kiddushin. Case number two, case number two, father died. I will say, because he died, there's one thing he's not going to be doing, which is? Objective. objective. <laughs> right? So therefore, again, so marriage works as well. And in case number three, I will say, in case number three, that's where the Mishnah says, we teach the father to dafka object in order that what? In order, within 30 days, in order that there shouldn't be a marriage. So ultimately, you know, say that, that's halach lamaisa. How? Who is this? This is how Rabbi Yosef ultimately again is setting it up. And this way, the case is actually symmetrical through and through. Beautiful, beautiful, good. But say it's interesting, it's interesting that, that the... Yeah, okay, fine. So we'll, we'll leave it like that. More to say on that case, but let's go right there. So it says the Mishnah, Kidash Tiesbiti, interesting case here, right? Man says, father, we'll call him father. Father says, I was Makalish, my daughter, and I don't remember, or I don't remember who I was Makalish or two, right? This is why do not marry off your children at the Kiddush. Right? This is right. right? It was right. It was a lot of chaver shaft. It was beautiful. Everybody was so happy. Right? I married off my daughter. I do not remember who I married her off to. Now watch this. So Prince Charming comes along and says, right? I'm the guy. Right? It was me. It was me. Right? So we'll say, Naaman, he's believed. Interesting. Okay, well, we're obviously going to qualify this a lot. Naaman. So what happens? Two guys come along. Reuben and Shimon both come along and they say, I was one of Mekadish. Reuben says, I was Mekadish. Shimon says, I was Mekadish. What's that? Shneem nosen get. So in this case, both of them give her a get. Or if they want, one could give a get and one could marry her. Okay. So let's analyze. Amar Rav. Rav says, Ne'eman liten get ve'in ne'eman lichnos. So as it comes along, Rav, and Rav says as follows. Now, both say, now, listen to this. Look at Rashi. Amar Rav, Hodisnan ba'echer va'amar nikidashtiya, ne'eman liten get kamar, dine'eman v'samchinan alei, shukitsha v'gita gito. So we'll say, listen to this. So now we're going back to the first case. Right? The first case is, first case is, right, so father married off his daughter, Nara. Nara marries off his Nara daughter, and he doesn't remember to who. Reuven comes along and says, it was me. It was me. So the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, Naaman, Ruvain is believed. Rav comes along and says, believed for what? Believed to give her a get, but not believed to live with her in marriage. Okay, so the Gemara says, why? What's the logic over here? Naaman litin get eight andam chote velolo. I will say he's believed to give a get because why would he lie? Right, in other words, what's, what's, what's the benefit? What's the benefit ultimately again to lying in this situation. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, by giving her a get, by giving her a get, what he would be doing is, he'd be permitting a married woman into the general marriage pool. So I will say, why would someone do that if they weren't the true husband? So therefore, he is believed ultimately again to give her a get. However, again, the ain't but he is not believed to live with her. Why? Ema Yitzra Takfo. 
We'll say, because maybe he says like this, maybe she's a very pretty woman, right? He says, you know, this is my opportunity again to live with her. So there, there's a vested interest to maybe lying. So if, if he knows that the only, only thing, so to speak, that he can do is give her a get, and he still comes along and says, ultimately, again, I am the guy who married her, we believe her, we believe him. Because there's no reason to lie. So I'll we'll say that, that, that's Rav. Rav says, when the Mishnah says that when Reuben shows up and says, I'm the husband, that he is believed, he's believed to give her a get, but not believed to live with her as her husband. Ravasi says, no. He's, and he's even believed, even believed ultimately again to, to live with her, to be her husband. Umod Ravasi, watch this. Ravasi agrees. Umod Ravasi. Listen, I watch this. What happens if Halach Lamaisa, if Halach Lamaisa, so she comes along and she says, I accepted Kiddushin from someone, but I don't know to whom, from whom I accepted Kiddushin. She, she doesn't know, she doesn't remember. Listen, I watch this, watch this. And a guy comes along, Reuben shows up and says, I was the one who was Mekadesher. So I'll say, what's the halacha? She'en ne'eman lichnos. He is not believed, Reuben is not believed to live with her. So I'll say, so ultimately, I just want to point out, so just two machlokes over here. So again, case number one is, father is Mekadesh's daughter. Doesn't remember to whom he was Mekadesher. Reuben shows up and says, it was me. Mishnah says, he's ne'eman. Ne'eman for what? Rav says, ne'eman to give her a get, but not ne'eman to live with her. Ravasi says, ne'eman to even live with her. But even Ravasi agrees that that's a case of where the father was Mekadeshar. But if the woman accepted Kiddushin on her own, and then she says, you know what, I don't remember whom, whom I received Kiddushin from, and then Ruben shows up and says, it was me, Ruben's not believed to live with her. Now both say, why the distinction between the two cases? Distinction is very simple. So both say, because again, in the case of the father, we assume that Halokha Lamaisa, the, the suitor, right, the husband, is not going to lie to the face of the father. It could be we're going to see that in the case of where the woman herself entered into the Kiddushin and a guy shows up, you know, she's embarrassed that she doesn't remember who she accepted Kiddushin from. So this guy is showing up, even if he's not the real guy, she may just play along with this. That's the distinction over here. So because of that, we are concerned that ultimately, again, she may just play along even though this is not the true husband. Incredible. So I will say, let's analyze this a bit more. Tanan, Ratsu, Echad no Senget, Echad Konings. Once I look at the Mishnah, I will say, in the Mishnah where two guys show up, Reuben and Shimon, they both claim that I'm the husband. So I will say, what's the halacha? The Mishnah said that if one of them wants to give her a get and one of them wants to marry her, it's okay. Tiyuf to the Rav. So I will say, this refutes the position of Rav, because Rav said neither of them are permitted to marry her. One of them, can, they, could, they could both just give her a get. In that case, it's different. Why? It's different over here. Why? Because when you have two guys showing up and they both have to come before the father, right? So neither is going to show up. In other words, not, people are not going to show up if they don't genuinely believe that they're the husband. Since again, the father the father is saying, I was Makadish, my daughter. I just don't remember who it was. So when someone shows up, they run the risk of the father saying, what? I know for sure it wasn't you. So then that person is not going to show up if they don't think that they are the legitimate husband. So therefore, when two are showing up and one gives her a get and one of them says, no, I'm the husband, ultimately, again, that's greater grounds 
to allow one of them to marry her. Tanya Kavasi Dravasi. So we'll see her bride that supports Ravasi. Another guy comes along and says, I was, I was Makadishur as well. I'm sorry. Father says, I was Makadish, I don't know to who. Right? Guy comes along and says, Guy comes along and says, I'm the guy who was Makadish, your daughter. Af Naaman Lichnos. He is even believed to marry her. Even believed to marry her. Kinsa, But if another, so now watch this. So now Ruben comes along and says, I was the guy. Fine, we believe Ruben. Ruben marries Rachel. After they get married, what happens? What happens? Shimon shows up. And Shimon says, No, I was the guy. I was the guy. What's the halacha? Lo kol heimen ala ostra alav. Ultimate was, no, no, no. Once she's married to Ruvain, once she's married to Ruvain, we no longer listen to Shimon at all regarding any of these situations. On the other hand, ha'isha sh'amr niskadashti, but if a woman says, Rachel herself says, I accepted kiddushin from someone, ve'eni odas l'ni niskadashti, but I don't remember whom I received kiddushin from, uba'achar ba'amr ani kiddashti, ultimately again, then a guy shows up and says, I was makadishar, Ain Naaman, she is not believed. Ain, I'm sorry, Ain Naaman, he is not believed to marry her. Why? Ultimately, because once like we saw before, because we're concerned, she's going to play along with it. Why is she going to play along with it? She's also embarrassed. She's embarrassed about this whole thing over here. So the guy shows up, says, I'm the guy. She's going to go along with it, even if what? Even if he's not really the guy. So therefore, we're going to stop over here for today. We're not finished with this case, obviously. But what we end off with this as follows. We have a Mishnah that tells us, Okay, a number of cases. Case number one, father's Makadish's daughter doesn't remember to whom he was Makadishur. Someone shows up, says, I'm the guy. What's the Allah? What does the Mishnah say? Ne'eman. What does Ne'eman mean? Machlokis Rav and Ravasi. Rav says, Ne'eman, to give her a get, not Ne'eman to marry her. Ravasi says, Ne'eman, even to marry her. Case number two, that what we begin to see, so that's kind of the case that we're living in over here, what we begin to see is, even according to Ravasi, who says that he's Ne'eman to marry her, that's only the case where the father betrothed her. But if a woman betrothed herself, right, and then wasn't sure whom she accepted Kiddushin from, and a guy shows up and says, I'm the guy, and she says, oh yeah, we don't allow them to remain married. He can give her a get, but ultimately he can't. Why? Because we'll say, in that case, we're concerned that she really doesn't know if this is the guy, but she's embarrassed. This is an overwhelming situation. Therefore, she's just going to go along with whoever it is that shows up and says, I'm the guy. Therefore, in that case, she will not be named. So we'll say, we'll stop here. <coughs> we'll finish the sugi. Merit Hashem. Just remind you, tomorrow, we begin at 5.45 in Merit Hashem, because it's Rosh Chodesh as well. And we'll say, Gun Chodesh, tremendous beginning of the week. Good morning, good morning. Let me just shut this off.